Welcome to this episode of Exhibit AOK. In just a few moments, we are going to be joined by Aaron Durant. But just before we got on the podcast, Laura and I were chatting and she battled. She battled this episode. She battled through extreme hunger, which was not her fault. It's the fault of Uber Eats. Laura, what happened? Uh, so first of all, it's almost 2 p.m. now, and at roughly noon, um, my partner had, or uh, as a surprise, ordered dim sum uh, via Uber Eats as a as a surprise, as I said. And it turns out Uber Eats thought it would be appropriate to dispatch their poor employee for a 10-kilometer delivery uh, via walking. So that would have been an 87-minute walk. And today there is a heat, extreme heat warning in Toronto. So this poor man, I think, started off and then a few minutes in, obviously, couldn't walk 10 kilometers in the blistering heat of noon. So long story short, it's just before 2 p.m. And so far today, I have had a handful of Cheetos and a tragically burnt piece of toast. And I may or may not fade out at the end of this sentence. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for battling with us. And without further ado, let's get to our interview with Aaron Durant. On today's episode of Exhibit AOK, we're joined by Aaron Durant, a partner from BLG in Ottawa. Aaron practices in the areas of professional negligence, insurance, and sports work, as well as being very involved in the community, as well as other legal organizations, and is coming off a banner year in 2019, where she received the Lexpert Zenith Award as a change agent in law, the Ontario Bar Association David W. Scott Award for Pro Bono, and the 2019 Clobbies Award for Best Legal Twitter Account. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks. Thanks as well. What is a clobby? Well, a clobby is a law blog award uh, that they give out uh, annually. But this year was the first year that they gave out awards for Twitter accounts. So somebody nominated me for having a best legal Twitter account, and somehow I won. Um, so that's what a clobby is. Good. I, I follow you on Twitter, and I confirm that uh, you are deserving of that award. You've got a lot of great links to a lot of great stuff, and I always appreciate uh, everything that you post. And I guess we should just mention it off the top. We'll do it again at the end. Your Twitter handle is at Aaron Durant 42 E-R-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-T number 42. Is that right? That's it. And Aaron, when I was introducing you, I mentioned that you do sports work amongst other areas of your practice. So what sort of stuff do you work on usually? in the sports arena? I do a whole bunch of things. Um, I obviously work on uh, cases where associations or coaches have been sued on behalf of insurance companies. Uh, but more recently, I've also been involved in advising sports associations of all sizes about uh, risk management issues, as well as uh, advising both associations and athletes on uh, sports-related disputes. So those could be uh, disputes about team selection matters or alleged breaches of codes of conduct that result in sports disciplinary hearings. And I've also been involved in sports arbitrations involving those matters, both as counsel as well as an arbitrator who decides the dispute. That's fantastic. How did you get your start in that niche area? 
It's actually easier than I thought. So there's a website uh, where you could put your name on a pro bono list. And that's on the Sports Dispute Resolution Center of Canada's website. If you just Google that website in, in pro bono lawyer, you can apply to put your name on that list. And through that, you'll start getting calls, uh, typically from athletes who need guidance in terms of various types of disputes. Um, so those were my first few cases were through that list. And then as I developed an expertise in the area and got to know more of the council who appear in that area more regularly, I was connected with some, some other. And Erin, I know from your social media that you're a huge sports fan, especially softball. And was that also an impetus for you joining in on those um, sports pro bono law organizations? Yeah, so I've been an, a softball athlete for a long time and recently transitioned into coaching. So I played softball at the University of Ottawa and at Queen's during law school. And more recently got into coaching as uh, I thought that it was probably the time to retire. So the, you know, the connection with sport and law has always been something I was interested in. Uh, we didn't necessarily do a whole lot of it at BLG's Ottawa office uh, previously, but I thought it would be an interesting way to uh, put together, you know, a personal interest of mine as well as connect it with my work. So hopefully things return to normal-ish sooner rather than later and we can have the rest of the softball season later this summer. Yeah, hopefully. The, the most recent guidelines for phase two show that some team sports are able to start uh, practicing in small numbers using social distancing uh, coming up. Um, and people are hopeful that there'll be games later this summer or later in the fall. Nice. So how have you been occupying your time if you're not able to play softball? So what are you doing in your free time? We've been doing a lot of different activities. So we were lucky in that we moved into a new house last fall. So there's been lots of projects for my husband to work on around the house. Uh, we've also uh, have a whole bunch of maple trees. So we decided to try to make maple syrup, which took up a lot of time early in the lockdown. And more recently, I've taken up running again, which I hadn't done for almost a decade. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to run a few times a week and to improve my time. And that's become quite addicting, actually. Are you using an app like Strava or something? Yeah, I, I'm using Strava. Um, and I'm also using, I've got Garmin uh, to track my, you know, my heart rate and my pace and all that. So we've started up a little lawyer group on Strava and I think it's called Lawyers Who Strava. So there's a, a little group of us who are using that and trying to motivate each other to stay fit. That's cool. I'm, I'm on Strava as well. I just got I mean, the exact same as you. I've never done it for exercise. But when this all started, my friends and I created a running bet and a group. And it's fun to push each other and, and myself to see how much you can do in a week or in a month. Maybe Is it a BLG lawyer specific or all lawyers? All lawyers, so you should join in. I think I will. Meanwhile, because of being in a condo, I have converted the spare bedroom into a small gym, which is essentially a yoga mat, and I can touch both walls when my arms are extended and like a tragic little medicine ball, and that is my sanctuary. <laughs> oh, no. That's good for balance. <laughs> At least you have room for that. I know people who 
uh, live in fairly small condos downtown Toronto and downtown Ottawa, whose gym is basically a yoga mat beside the kitchen table. So could be worse. Oh, for sure. I lost the live. I lost the living room floor because I have um, a relatively new puppy and he's very chewy. So we have like a, a gate or a pen blocking off any furniture that looks especially delicious. So there's literally no floor space anymore because there's just a metal cage that we have to step over. <laughs> and I, I, you have one or two dogs, don't you? Yes, we have two beagles. So we have a really old grumpy beagle named Boomer and we have a young beagle who we adopted last fall named Bo. So the the beagles are really enjoying quarantine because they can bug us as much as they want. And I'm actually quite concerned about when when I go back to work and they're home alone all day because I think they're going to misbehave. Well, hopefully we cross that bridge sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Have you started hiding from them? Like that you're, if you're working from home, you hide in another room so they don't know you're still there? Yes. So I, I, I'm lucky. I have a, a dedicated room, which is my office, and I keep the door closed and hide in here as much as possible. <laughs> and are you able to get everything done as you would from the office? Like, how's the transition been? It's actually been okay. Um, you know, we were always set up to work remotely. We had good uh, VPN, VPN connectivity. Being at a, a large firm, you know, I can access all the systems electronically. Um, our practice group had, um, you know, we were fully electronic in terms of our files. So all of that has been relatively easy. You know, the biggest transition for me is I've always been the type that likes to be in the office and had an easier time focusing by going to the office and, and being secluded at the office. And I also enjoyed, you know, having um, you know, all my colleagues around to bounce ideas off of. So I wasn't sure how I would do working at home full time, but I've actually come to, to quite enjoy it. Um, you know, not having the commute has been a big bonus. It's giving me more time in terms of running and other activities. So I think I'll be one of those people who after this, you know, after things go back to normal, I will likely still work from home quite a bit. You know, I don't think I'd like to be at home 100% of the time, but um, I've actually been surprised with, with how well it's been going. Cool. Yeah, it's nice to have the option for sure and to almost forcibly have to get comfortable with it in a relatively quick fashion. Yeah. Now, when you're working from home, are you doing what, you know how there's the recommendation to get in the office mindset to dress up and look like you're used to in the office, or are you more, I'm wearing athleisure, this is my house? Yeah, I definitely don't get dressed up to go to my office. Uh, I, you know, I have my work uh, outfits, which are various different athleisure, uh, tra you know, softball sweatshirts and you know, jogging pants, which are my now, my new work routine. But even when I was in the office, uh, you know, our group at BLG in Ottawa, the insurance defense group, we're, we're pretty casual anyway. So, um, you know, if we don't have a discovery or mediation or, or something where we're going to be seeing clients or opposing counsel, you know, we tend to dress pretty casual. So, um, my dress has probably decreased a little bit in terms of what I wore to the office, but it hasn't really changed too, too much. Nice. I did a discovery not too long ago with a button-up shirt, and then I was wearing floral sweatpants, and I remember just thinking, oh, I really hope I don't have to stand up because there's no way to explain <laughs> this. 
yeah, I think that's the new norm. It's pretty fun. Like you're wearing like a suit jacket up top and like shorts or sweatpants underneath. It's like very liberating. Yeah. Like a human mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Business up top, party underneath. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So now that we're recording this, the restrictions are starting to be eased in. We're entering phase two. Where's the first place you're going to go? What are you dying to, to go to, whether it's a restaurant or otherwise? Some sort of pub and a patio. Uh, my husband yesterday, after seeing the news, you know, basically said, where are we going on Saturday? <laughs> um, you know, it was part of our routine to, to go out uh, and do things. We don't have kids. Um, so we, we, you know, we're not missing those activities with the kids or anything, but, you know, part of our routine was going out for breakfast on Saturday morning, you know, was something that we did almost every Saturday and, you know, at least once a week, we'd like to go out and have just a drink at a pub somewhere. Um, so we're definitely missing that as part of our routine. So I imagine this weekend I will be trying to locate some sort of establishment where I can get a, a cold beer on a patio. Sounds great. And and you're in Ottawa now. You haven't always lived in Ottawa, right? That's right. So I've been in Ottawa since uh, July of 2015. And before that, I actually practiced uh, not far from you guys in Barrie. So I worked at uh, Dooley Lucenti for uh, about three years or so. And uh, only left there in as I said, summer of 2015. And what prompted the change? We're originally from near this area. So I'm from Brockville, Ontario, and my husband's from Cobden, which is up in the Ottawa Valley. And we always sort of considered Ottawa uh, home. So, um, you know, around the time when I was looking to leave, you know, I had three years experience. It was sort of a good time to go to a firm after I had some experience, but I wasn't so senior that it would be impossible to, to move. Um, Dan Dooley, who I was working with at Dooley Lucenti, was also, you know, starting to talk about retirement and slowing things down a little bit. So it, it sort of just made sense to, to move around that time. Um, I really enjoyed my time in Barrie, though. It was a great place to practice law. There was a lot of good lawyers up there, I found, in terms of, you know, being experienced litigators, getting a lot of trial experience, um, getting to see a lot of the province in terms of traveling around sort of throughout the, you know, northern Ontario region. So, you know, it was a really good three years that, um, you know, for people who are thinking about where they'd like to work, um, you know, you often don't think of Barry, but, uh, you know, I've recommended it to a few different young lawyers and law students as, as a pretty good place to practice. Yeah, my wife and I moved up here in 2017, and that was to join Oli Vigman, and, and I have never looked back. We love it here, and I completely agree with everything that you have just said. Yeah, you know, what I liked, when I was in Barrie, I primarily did insurance defense work, and it was a great place to get some practical experience. Um, you know, the trial list uh, system that's in place, you know, has you basically constantly preparing for trials every six months or so because there's the running list. And for firms that have a lot of cases in, in Barrie, I found that often you have at least one case that either goes ahead to trial or gets really close. So I found that I got a lot of really good um, experience in terms of trials pretty quickly. 
For sure. And the motion list, you can get a court hearing so quickly in Barrie compared to other areas. So that's also a plus. Mm -hmm. Now that you're in Ottawa, you're close to, uh, what's the law school that's in Ottawa? Is it just the University of Ottawa? Yeah, the University of Ottawa is here. And I understand you do a little bit of teaching in your free time? Yeah, in my quote-unquote free time, I, I do some teaching at the University of Ottawa. Um, I've, I've taught two courses at the law school. Uh, the first was civil procedure, and more recently I was involved in teaching insurance law. So, you know, that was a bonus of coming back is having access to the law school. And I never really, you know, came to Ottawa thinking I'd end up teaching at the law school, but we had a few different lawyers that were teaching various courses at the law school at the time I joined. And one of those lawyers left the firm in, I want to say August, just before the, uh, the school term was about to start. And he was moving to British Columbia. So obviously he wasn't going to be teaching at the University of Ottawa anymore. So the law school needed somebody to stand in and, and pick up a course relatively quickly. So I was able to sort of sneak in that way. And uh, I've been involved, I think, now for about four years with teaching the courses. That's fantastic. I keep uh, trying to get involved as a teacher at Georgian College, and the schedule just hasn't lined up yet. So I'm uh, still going to keep my finger on the pulse on that one. Yeah, I've, I've been splitting a course. I usually teach with Kirk Boyd. So, you know, we take, we alternate classes, which make it, makes it a bit less of a time commitment. Uh, we also, you know, share the marking, which has been a lot, um, a lot of help. It doesn't make it very lucrative in terms of, you know, how much you actually get paid for teaching a course. Um, but, you know, it certainly cuts down on the work. Nice. And do you know if there's any discussions about if school's going to be in person or is there a plan to roll out remote teaching again in September? I'm actually taking the September semester off because I've had a, a very busy year work-wise. But last I heard was that the University of Ottawa Faculty of Law was planning to run their entire program through distance learning. So, you know, through Zoom or, or other types of video conferences, at least for the fall semester. Um, you know, I imagine if, if things improve significantly and people are able to go back to the classroom, they'd consider it. But I know at the University of Ottawa, they're certainly planning as if everything's going to happen remotely. Wow. Erin, now that there's no sports on TV, what have you been watching? How are you keeping uh, occupied in the evenings? So we're, we've, I think we've watched almost everything there is to watch on, on Netflix, and we're getting a bit short on options. Uh, so most recently, we've started watching Heartland, uh, which is a Canadian show based in the prairies, I think in Alberta. And it, it's quite old, but there's still new new seasons being released, I think. So we're wasting time watching that show until something better comes along. Did you watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? We did. We did. We enjoyed that quite a bit. It, it was sort of what we were looking forward to on, uh, we used to watch it Monday nights because we don't have the SPN. Yeah, when it came yeah, out. So we'd watch it on uh, Monday nights. We'd watch both new new episodes. So that was good for a few weeks, but I wished it went, went on a little bit longer. Yeah, it was good. I have my, I didn't love certain aspects of it, but I think we could, uh, we could have another podcast where we talk about yeah. that. You know, I, I liked it. It sort of, I wasn't a basketball fan for too long, but Michael Jordan's sort of second championship run sort of overlapped with the period of time where I was getting into playing basketball myself a little bit. 
in, you know, in, in school and I played on a club team for a year or two. So, you know, it sort of brought me back to that point of my childhood, sort of learning, you know, learning a bit more about, about him and about the Bulls. So uh, it was good. Cool. Nice. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule of practicing law, running, and running probably the most popular law Twitter account that anyone in Ontario follows. Well, thanks for having me. You know, I've, I've been listening to the podcast since it's been released, and uh, I enjoyed the early episodes with the various Oatley Bigman lawyers. I obviously know uh, quite a few of, of your team having practiced there for a few years, so you know, send my best to the team, especially, you know, Jim Bigman, who I understand is now a podcaster, thanks to you guys. Um, but I'm happy to help and uh, spread the word about the podcast. Thank you. Do, we'll get you out of here on this last question. Do you have any messages or words of wisdom for young lawyers out there who might follow you on Twitter, might be listening to this podcast about how to, you know, build your career in, in these crazy COVID times? Yeah, I think something I tell young lawyers quite a bit, and I'm not sure BLG likes when I say this, but I'll say it anyway, is that, you know, everyone thinks of big law firms when they think of, you know, their jobs and their careers. And, you know, I know a lot of students, um, you know, get quite upset if they don't get a job on Bay Street or at a big firm in Ottawa. And there's just so many other great opportunities throughout the province where you can practice in cities that people don't necessarily think of. So, you know, Barrie's one of them, Hamilton's another, Windsor, uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. You know, there's so many great cities to practice law and there's good lawyers to be found in all of them. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to think outside the box and talk to some lawyers in smaller centers. Because you can get, you know, just as good of an experience at those firms as you can in, in a large firm. And you may actually get some, some better experience earlier on in terms of getting on your feet and, you know, getting some practical stuff. So that's what I tell people is to not get discouraged if it's not working out at, you know, either at the big firm that they're at or if they haven't been able to land a job at one of those places is, you know, just to think outside the box a little bit. And don't be afraid to reach out to lawyers and smaller communities because I feel like there's so many good people out there that are just willing to help and give advice to people that, you know, if, if um, you know, if they want to talk to someone, just reach out and hopefully they can find an opportunity that way. Amazing. Thank you so much. And if our listeners want to hear more about you, they can follow you on Twitter at Aaron Durant 42 Thanks again for joining us, Aaron, and speak to you soon. Thanks a lot for having me.